everyone. Welcome to the Green Room Podcast presented by the Handshake Agency. Thanks for listening. I know we have released this episode a little earlier than usual and that's because it's a very special occasion because Foo Fighters, after three long years, are finally back. They have today released a brand new song called Shame Shame, the first new music since their 2017 album Concrete and Gold. And more importantly, their 10th studio album, Medicine at Midnight, is coming next February. I was lucky enough to sit down and chat with Foo Fighters members Nate Mandel and Chris Shiflett to talk about the album. Um, actually, this was all done pre-COVID, so Foo Fighters have been secretly working in the background on this and not really telling anyone. For those who might remember, I had Taylor Hawkins on the podcast back in November last year, I think, and he was teasing that something was going on. Obviously, 2020 is the 25th anniversary of Foo Fighters, so they were going to be doing stuff as far as touring and special shows and marking that anniversary somehow, but... I'm not sure people knew that this album was already in the bag virtually. So yeah, I spoke with Nate and Chris about how this all came together pre-COVID, what they've been doing during COVID, and when the hell we can expect to see Foo Fighters back on the road and back on stage. So first up, here's me talking to Chris on The Green Room. Well, fuck yeah, brother. Let's fucking do this. Chris Shifflett from The Foo Fighters. Welcome to The Green Room Podcast, sir, and congratulations. We finally have new Foo Fighters music after three long years. Yes, indeedy. I know it's been a, a, a long break, um, certainly longer than than we ever anticipated with all this wacky COVID stuff, but um, we're finally getting the record out. So I think in November last year, Taylor came on the podcast to promote his um, his solo record, and we spoke briefly about Foo Fighters music, and oh, nice. he was kind of teasing that something was going on. Um, he, he hinted that an album was coming, but he didn't say when, what, why. Um, obviously, this was pre-COVID. Do you remember where you guys were at with this new music and new album in November last year? I'm just trying to set a, a timeline before I get into these questions. Um, I think, you know, we started working on it. We had gone down to South America for a few shows. And I feel like we started working on it when we got back from that. So by November, I'd say we would have been pretty, you know, into it. Because I, I feel like we finished it around January or February, something like that. So, um, yeah, I think we were pretty much uh, on our way by November, no doubt, deep into it. Oh, shit. Okay, so you the album was done by January. What were the plans then? pre-COVID to, to get this album out there? Oh, man, we had so many plans. <laughs> it was, it was um, you know, we were supposed to start touring, like, in April. And, um, and we, I think the album was going to come out in the middle of summer. And, you know, we would have been just touring and touring and touring. And I'd be on tour right now, you know. It had everything gone according to plan. But it was not to be... Have things changed too much for you and the band then in the sense that this album was done before COVID? Obviously, bands who had um, plans to release music and tour it have had that stopped because of COVID. Can you guys make any concrete plans around this record, given the pandemic? Um, I, as far as touring, you know, I, I don't know. I know there's a lot of talk that hopefully, you know, the touring world will get back um, underway next summer or something. That's That's what I keep hearing. But I don't know, man. I feel like it's just kind of guesswork at this point. And, um, probably a lot of factors involved in that. So rest assured that as soon as we can go on the road, we're gonna we're gonna go on the road. You know, as soon as we can get out and play shows, we're gonna be we're gonna be ready to do it. 
at what point during this pandemic did you guys just get in a room and say, you know what, fuck this, let's just release the album on this day? That was, I feel like, sort of towards the end of summer. <laughs> it kind of, it kind, you know, we we all through the pandemic we'd have like you know band the occasional band meeting to discuss what was going on and plans just kept getting pushed further back and further back. And I think finally at some point Dave was just like, "Fuck this! Like we got to put this record out. Like let's just get to work putting the record out." And uh, you know, here we are. Tell me about the new music, man. Shame, shame. It um it has that signature Foo Fighters sound. It is a little bit different. Um, from the from that signature rock sound you guys are known for, um, is this what the new album is going to be based on thematically? Um, kind of. Hold on one sec. Hold on one sec. Yeah. Am hey, I'm, I'm doing a podcast interview with Australia? Um, we do. How's it going? I'm leaving. I'm <laughs> leaving. I'm um, leaving all yeah, of this gonna, in. By the when way, when I'm off this one, I'm gonna walk in. <laughs> you just heard. Um, you just heard. <laughs> That's Allie that works for us, um, who is not Australian. He's Scottish, <laughs> but he just did his best Scottish accent. Uh, Australian accent there for you. That's an um, exclusive right yeah, there. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> um, a lot of these songs are, uh, you know, kind of started more groove-based, and there's definitely a lot of that um, on the record, you know, um, almost like, uh, you know, like 80s poppy kind of, kind of rhythmic qualities to it. So, um, yeah. It seems kind of fitting that Foo Fighters are releasing their 10th album on the 25th anniversary, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We would have done all sorts of, all sorts of um, crazy 25th anniversary celebrations um, for it, but oh well. Are you allowed to say what it is now? I mean, like, it can't fucking happen, right? So, like, were you going to be, like, doing a stadium tour with ACDC? Maybe you're gonna do some crazy stadium run. I never, I I never heard anything about touring with ACDC. But if ACDC is listening to this podcast, please take us on tour. Come on! <laughs> I've never really met those guys. I've never, I've, I, you know, I, I one time a long time ago, way years and years before I was in the Foo Fighters, I um, was with some friends. It's been the early '90s, and. Somehow we heard that there was a party at Trent Reznor's house. And, like, I didn't know Trent Reznor, right? right. Um, I didn't know anybody that knew Trent Reznor. But somehow we snuck into a party at Trent Reznor's house. And we were, we were wasted out of our minds. And I remember um, that uh, Malcolm and Angus Young were at that party. And I went up to Malcolm Young and just, like, slobbered all over him for too long. <laughs> and eventually he looked at me and said, and said, uh, Angus is over there. <laughs> and, and that was his way of like, getting me to leave him alone. It's a gentle fuck off. Exactly. You know, I actually, I remember one time early on being in the Foo Fighters, we were on tour in, I think it was like Montreal or Toronto or somewhere. Um, and it was, uh, they were on tour at the same time. We were sort of like, you know, crisscrossing. And, um, we had a night off, and they were playing in where what I think I feel like it was Montreal. So they were playing that night, and I never forget. I went down into the bar to uh, to get a drink or something, and there was nobody in the bar at the hotel. And I look over, and there's fucking Malcolm and Angus, and I don't remember, but one maybe it was the bass player, or the drummer, um, sitting there with them at a table, and we were like the only people in the bar, and they looked at me with a look on their face that was like. You're not gonna fucking bother us right now, right, bro? 
And I understood the look and I just left them alone and I walked right out of them. That was like my personal gift to ACDC. Be honest. Not bother them. Be honest though. As a member of Foo Fighters, have you ever been in that position where you're at a bar and someone spots you and you're like, fuck this. I do not want to talk to anyone. Um, not really. No, the only people that I don't, um, have a whole lot of patience for are, are the, um, super sneaky eBay people that stand out in front of your hotel. And like, they've gotten really good over the years at like pretending that they are like an actual, like just a, I'm just a regular fan. And I want to, you know, can you sign my thing? I just happen to have a stack of 35 of the exact same picture. You could just <laughs> sign all of them with a blue pen. <laughs> you, you know, those folks, I, I don't have a whole lot of patience. Yeah. yeah. If somebody just wants to come up and like take a selfie and say, you know, well, I'll, I'll do that all day. Yeah. I remember when, again, going back to that podcast I did with Taylor last year, um, obviously this is, was in a world where live music was still very much a thing, and he was kind of talking about stadium tours and, yeah. and, and the rigorous tours. Like, Foo Fighters probably don't necessarily need to tour as much as you guys do, but you do it, and in, for such big crowds and um, pretty regularly. Taylor was saying that there was a point where he was burnt out and he kind of wanted to, to give it away at one point. Did you ever, or any of the other band members, have that where you were kind of like, we are touring too much? especially at the level you guys are at where you don't need to be touring at that rapid pace that you do. I mean, you know, I think for anybody, you know, there's days where you miss home and there's times you don't necessarily want to leave or, you know, I mean, everybody's just human and gets, you know, has a shitty day or whatever. But, um, and there's certainly times when, you know, you've been touring a lot and, uh, and it starts to kind of add up, but, um, no, generally, you know, we all kind of enjoy what we do, and we're lucky we get to do it. And, um, you know, that's, it's never really been a big issue. There's never been, like, the one guy that didn't want to do it or any kind of, like, you know, friction in the band about it. I think mm. everybody just just puts their, you know, puts, gets, puts their back into it, you know, when, when it's time to go. Does something like a global pandemic make you sit back and think, fuck, we actually miss doing this all the time now? Uh, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, it makes me think like, God, it's great to be home for months and months. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's fucking, it's nice, you know. I have, I have spent this, I, as, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I like, I you know, was like, I'm going to do all the shit at my house that I haven't been doing. I organized, you know, my fucking office. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I have to, still not done any of it. <laughs> I mean, you still got time. Yeah, there still could be a little bit of time. I might... I might finally get that, you know, the garage really organized. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the album was done in, what, January? What, like, do you have a schedule of shit you need yeah. to do now, Foo Fighters-wise, or is it very much just release the album and then wait until it's possible to start playing shows? No, we definitely, we're, we're sort of at that point where we have a bunch of um, a bunch of stuff we're doing to get ready for the release. And, you know, it's strange times, like, you don't go play on a TV show now. You film yourself at your studio playing your song and send that to the TV show. You know, just stuff like that. So it's a little bit different. You know, we're not able to travel um, the way we normally would to do like a promo tour. So it's all kind of, you know, just doing stuff our, ourselves mm-hmm. um, here in LA, you know, where, where we live. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely it's different than any other setup for any record we've ever done, that's for sure. But, yeah. we're, but we're doing stuff. I'll wrap it up with one more question then, Chris. 
Um, I was just going to say, because of the 25th right. anniversary and releasing the 10th album for Foo Fighters, does does this album hold any special importance as far as the legacy of the band? Like, do you feel like this is this is one of the last albums you guys will do? Has it re-energized Foo Fighters altogether? You know, I, I really don't ever think about things in those terms, you know? And, and as a band, we never, like, it's not like we're like, okay, this is it, guys, or this one's got to be good. You know, you kind of go into all of them wanting to do your best work and hoping it comes out okay. And, you know, some records are better than others. And this record is definitely a little bit of a sonic, you know, twist from what we sort of have normally done. So, um, you know, I, I can't imagine it's the last one <laughs> or anything like that, you know, but um, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to, to rank them, you know, when, you, when you're sort of in the middle of doing them. Thank you yeah, so much, Chris. Appreciate you. it, man. All right, then minutes later from my chat with Chris, I got on the phone with Nate Mandel. Here's Nate on the green room. All right, well, Nate Mandel, thanks for coming on the Green Room Podcast, man, and congratulations on new Foo Fighters music. It feels like far too long. Ah, I know. Anticipation is taking too long. A little pandemic got in the way of things. Yeah, so I, like, just literally got off the phone to Chris, um, and we were talking because I had Taylor on the podcast late last year, and he was kind of teasing that you guys were working on this album, hinting that something was coming. But I'm told this album was kind of wrapped up in January before this whole pandemic even even began, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah. Finished and then just, uh, you know, put on the shelf. Yeah. So when did you guys decide during this pandemic, okay, we had plans to release this earlier and go on tour, but given the state of the pandemic, who the fuck knows when you'll be able to go back on stage? When did you guys decide, let's just get the album out and see what happens? Oh, uh, it was, you know, in the summertime, we, we were going to, it was originally July, then we were going to do this fall. And, you know, after we, uh, decided to hold off in the fall, we, we decided on this date and like, let's just go for it. We don't know what the future holds. Um, we're excited to get it out there. And this, you know, you know, the resistance of course is that you can't, you know, go out and tour on the record or promote it in any way that you're accustomed to doing it. And we decided to just kind of say, fuck that. Let's just put it out and uh and figure it out as we go along do Foo Fighters have any interest in doing the live stream concerts obviously with the pandemic there's not a lot going on we've seen a lot of especially bigger bands um kind of doing shows to empty arenas or stadiums I know Corey Taylor did a show um as a live stream show to no one in attendance do Foo Fighters have any interest in doing something like that well, we've done one little thing so far, a benefit for Save Our Stages, which is super important because obviously all the, the venues are really hurting. Um, we've got another thing planned, and yeah, I, we've been a little bit hesitant to do it um, because it's such a—it's it's obviously going to be a different experience, and we're, you know, we're accustomed to a live show being a certain thing, and the idea of pumping it through a screen and a set of little speakers has been kind of underwhelming, but. You know, we're in this for a while, and I think that the technology that's, that you know people are using for the live streams is improving, and the audience is kind of getting used used to it. Um, so the whole experience is uh, is getting better. Um, so we'll figure something out pretty soon on that. How have you been holding up in the last couple of months? Obviously, with the album being done, you guys haven't really needed to do anything Foo Fighters production-wise. I know Dave's been kind of busy having drum battles with... Girls online, I know that Chris was telling me that he needed to clean his house. He still hasn't done it. How have you been holding up during this? Uh, 
I've been doing great. I have a bunch of young children. So uh, <laughs> I've just been embracing the fact that I get to just be be with them. And, you know, as you know, they are uh, time-consuming little beasts. So <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's been that's been my preoccupation during this time, and then working on my own music on the side. Yeah, as far as writing music, do you just completely forget about writing any Foo Fighters material when this album is out? Do you guys already have plans to do more stuff, or do you just now get to focus on family and your solo material? Yeah, it's kind of that. You know, like we've we're not going to start writing another record while this one hasn't even been released yet. So, mm. new Foo Fighters music aside for now, and. Um, yeah, I've got a little studio in my house. So when I don't have a child on top of me, I'm in there writing. So how do you feel about Medicine at Midnight, this album coming out in February? Um, shame, shame, as I said to Chris, it's a really great song. It sounds like Foo Fighters, but it sounds like you guys have just shifted just a tiny bit sonically and you've tapped into something new. Is this kind of what uh, Medicine at Midnight is going to deliver for fans? Yeah, I think so. You know, I fucking love it. I, I think it's great and... Um, hopefully the people that are Two Fighters fans and kind of know us sounding one way are, are going to enjoy it. But it's something that we had to do, um, kind of exercise this demon of like making a simple, short, direct, you know, kind of maybe popular record a little bit. Mm. I know. I mean, that's kind of a loaded word. I'm trying to think of the correct adjective that's, that's not poppy, but you know, where, uh, the sort of rules of what a Foo Fighters song sound like are, are twisted a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be cool. I can't wait to play it live because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very studio sounding record. Mm. And, uh, I want to, I want to add back in the, the heft of, uh, of playing it with, with real instruments. Is this, is this album primarily made up of demos Dave worked on? Is this something that you guys, when you went into the studio last year, just started doing together and it just sounded good? Yeah, this was, we didn't really demo this this album they would come in with like an idea on a guitar and maybe we'd jam it out as a band like we i was originally our idea our idea was like let's kind of let's sit in a room and and figure out the song and then record it we did that for a couple and i was like nope uh uh he'd come in with a guitar idea kind of talk about it for a moment and then go in and immediately start doing a rhythm track like figuring out whatever the percussion and drums are going to be and then we just layer it up from there so when, now that we're learning these songs uh, to play, air quote, live, um, it's really the first time that we've actually played them as a band. They're total studio studio creations. Where do you think this album will line up on the Foo Fighters catalogue? Because I, I was saying to Chris before, it seems pretty fitting that on Foo Fighters' 25th anniversary, you guys are releasing your 10th album. It just so happens it's on a year where there is a global pandemic. Not ideal circumstances. Uh, that's a great question. I haven't thought about it. Obviously, it's going to be the fucking pandemic record that we're going to, <laughs> it'll always have that, con- that connotation to it. And then, you know, there's a, a bit of an element of, uh, kind of seeing how things play out in terms of people's reaction to it. Like, you know, we get a lot of heat from, uh, uh critics for sounding kind of samey, like, oh, or another, you know, workmanlike effort from the Foo Fighters. And it's like, okay, well, fuck you. You know, here's where, we're going to do something that's actually kind of outside of our, our wheelhouse. And, you know, I, I think it remains to be seen how that's, how that's received. I mean, I like it. I'm proud of it. Um, but, you know, it's going to t- need to have a little bit of uh, history behind it before you can really see how a record's going to kind of fit amongst the rest of them. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as a 25th anniversary, it does feel like if there was any suggestion or thought that Foo Fighters might be winding down, this new sound, I think you guys have just bought yourselves another 20 years. So, unfortunately for you, you've got to tour a lot more now. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, uh, <laughs> hopefully. I enjoy it. So, you know, we'll see. Well, Nate, thank you so much for coming on, man. Congratulations on the new music and album. I can't wait to hear it in February. And, um, yeah, man, good to talk to you. Uh, nice talking to you, man. Take care. See you later. Thank you to Chris and Nate for coming on the Green Room Podcast. And congratulations, Foo Fighters. They're finally back after three years. The song is called Shame Shame. The album is called Medicine at Midnight. It's coming out in February. But Shame Shame is out right now. Listen to it wherever you get your music. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk next week.